Hello punters, welcome back for another edition of Off The Map. We've got a couple of Group 1 races there at Rose Hill, the Tancred, and of course the Vinery where Funstar and Probabile match motors once again. Lee Dalton, uh, you're on the phone once more, uh, but hopefully here to give the punters a couple more insights regarding to the speed maps there tomorrow at Rose Hill. Good morning, Brad. There's some really juicy races to, for us to dissect there tomorrow. Uh, the quality's still really strong. Uh, the two Group 1s have plenty of interest, and the, the great part that we're all looking forward to is obviously saying Funstar and probably will go head-to-head -head again. It's a bit of... takes you back to those younger days when you really fell in love with racing the octagonal, saintly, Volante sort of clashes. So, uh, for me, that's one I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. And map is critical, of course. Yes, and we'll have a, a chat about the binary and where they're going to likely settle in the run a little bit later. We're going to start with race two, the Schweppervescence for the two-year-olds. Uh, looking at the map here, it's a messy kind of race. There's a capacity field, of course, a few emergencies we'll have to take out eventually. But how are they going to, to settle down here? Look, I don't think they'll go overly hard. The majority of them are first time at 1,400 metres, bar one of our long paces in Holyfield who ran in the VRC size. So I've got Holyfield and Postcode leading. I just thought Postcode would be happy to sit up outside of Holyfield here and possibly work to the middle of the track if it continues to be rain-affected. We then have a bunch of on-paces who are emergencies, obligatory, rock my wand, much, much better. So it's going to be a little bit critical as to which one of those gain a run. Obviously not an option's come out so far, the Kiwi, uh, but I really don't see there being a strong tempo here. I've got Untamed just behind them, and I don't think they wanted to be as close as what they were on debut. And I've got Time is Precious right up behind the speed here, who I mapped a lot closer last time and got buried away midfield. I think 1,400 barrier to expect Time is Precious to be much closer. OK, I'm Swerving is obviously hard in the market. It's going to be a couple of pairs back on the fence, likely. Just take us through Return with Honour. Uh, drawn wide here. Early days, we saw this horse as a, a bit of a front runner. But its last, its last start and its trial before that suggests that they're, they're working with him to get him to settle, and he seems to be responding. Looked like a real stamped Gerald two-year-old speed, get out of the gates and go type setup. Uh, obviously had that trial before Canberra where they rode return with honour a little quieter. Went to Canberra, was a change of tactics there and ridden quietly. Arguably should have won that race, found a lot of bother around the turn and in the straight. Barrier 16 here, will, it almost becomes irrelevant. We'll come in a couple with the scratchings, but we'll be going back here and making its run out wide, and we'll eat the 1,400 on what we've seen so far. All right. Race three is the Tullock. Now, interesting, the Tullock has provided the last three Australian derby winners, so it might be a worthwhile exercise to keep an eye on the winner here as we go towards... That big staying feature, uh, Pride of Adelaide. So he's a, a fascinating horse here for Nathan Doyle. Um, he does look a, a bit of a front runner. You get Tim Clark on board, uh, but you've got Highmaster keeping him out. I think uh, Highmaster from the good draw down in Barrier 3 for Boston lead here. Uh, led in a maiden over 1,200 metres at Canberra. Uh, then last time got out to the mile for the second time and was able to race on pace for Tom Sherry around the home track of Kembla. I think rising in grade here to the to the group two highmaster has to attempt a lead uh, and hold out pride of adelaide here for the lead in the early stages not a whole lot of pressure on that pair though you'll have quick thinker from barrier two right in behind the speed uh, a little bit closer than last time uh, the victorian disonic's got the blinkers on first time so or again so i expect it'll work across with pride of adelaide but i don't see it being a fast run tempo at all okay Quick Thinker, of course, is the one that brings group form, and any punters that see your mat uh, would certainly be happy to see where he lands, just tucked in behind the speeds. He'll get every every possible chance. 
Yes, absolutely. And even horses like Sobrowski here, I think, will get get their chance, can settle down around midfield. The tempo will be genuine without being too hard, and it should be a, 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 a good race where they all get their chance heading towards the derby. All right, going across now to race five, which is the Star Kingdom. Of course, up the top there is the return of Kemantari. We'll start with him. Where does he lob? Well, I guess people look at the form guide with Kemantari and think, oh, last time we saw Kemantari was in a Canterbury Stakes and was back towards the rear. Before that was midfield in a CF4. They were 1,400, 1,300 metre races. First up here, 1,200. They probably think closer to the back, but I think based on the most recent trial can definitely hold a spot midfield here from a very good draw. There is a high level of pressure in this race with the two uh, leading pairings, Villami and Spanish Dream, drawn out in 12 and 11. So it's going to be right on early. Foul Swoop goes best when able to lead beyond pace. Vega Days is back in trip a bit, but no doubt will be positive. Um, yeah, so I think that leaves Kemantari landing around midfield. Maybe a pair further back, but I wouldn't think we're going to see Kemantari back towards the rear by any means. And do we potentially see a bit of a change of tactics with Booker? Look, Booker's an interesting one. First up, we had a, a pretty long discussion on this show, and I did with the stewards on race day as well, stating my case why Booker would be going back first up. Uh, everyone saw the trials leading in and Booker right on speed. So the stable in, were intent on going forward there and, and did go forward. I thought here, fast run race, 1,200 metres, yes, but I thought it was a good opportunity to ride a little bit colder, but um, ultimately it's a stable decision. That was just my opinion based on what I've seen of Booker in the past, that they'll go midfield or a pair further back here off the good tempo and she'd be well suited by that as well. Just on Villa Mai, obviously she's the favourite in this off a really strong win in the fireball. A lot of, of her chances come down to how hard Spanish Dream goes do you think that pressure will be applied by that horse? Because she holds the key. I do think so, but the beauty is Valami's drawn to the outside of Spanish Dream. And as a rule, if a couple of horses pair off in front, it's generally the horse outside the lead that can control the tempo a little bit more. Uh, if you come back a half, the, the one inside you is not going to just continue on racing for the sake of it on most occasions. So... I generally feel outside the leader has more control of the tempo of a race than what the actual leader does in a lot of cases. Yep, and then you've got the added bonus of, of Timmy Clark on board, who is an outstanding judge of pace. Absolutely, he's the Darren Gauchy of the modern era. <laughs> All right, moving across to the Group 1 Tancred. A uh, really strong little race this year. It's a fascinating contest, very elegant as the one that's been hammered by punters. Last time I checked, was even money. I imagine that is on the back of a little bit of rain around. Of course, she's, she's going well regardless of the surface, but... The map here, we've seen her race close a couple of times and you've got her outside the lead once again. Outside the lead, just work across with Angel of Truth. Look, there could be people out there who say that very elegant in her past couple hasn't been suited having to be ridden close to the speed, but my opinion is she's gone better than she has for a long time ridden in that manner. Second to Tiako Shark and then second to the, the brilliant uh, UK stayer last week. So I'd say very elegant up outside the lead. Worth probably noting, she's on the seven-day backup as well, and uh, the market generally responds very positively for that, so that could be another reason why she's been sensationally backed. Outside of that, the map looks pretty clear. Kareff was a change of tactics to be close the last time out. Now 2,400, I expect it up to be running third, fourth here. Avilius doesn't have to give away a huge start. I thought could be running in the first five easily. 
Mugger two, uh, last two starts uh, in town last time in Canberra before that's been able to use good barriers to race a bit closer than we saw at the first two starts in Australia. Now drawn barrier nine, I dare say, going to have to go back and ride in the manner that we saw when Mugger two first arrived here in Australia. Yeah, one of the just going back to very elegant really quickly. One of the most the most encouraging things last start was to see her settle outside the lead, a Dave, in a really slowly run race, yet still drop her head. So. Chris Wallace certainly done wonders with her in terms of getting her to settle in her races. Absolutely. You think back to the, the Oaks last year and uh, even the lead-up races to that, and every time the market sort of opposed her a little bit because there was every chance that she was going to flip a lid coming down the back and race over. But she got through those races purely on class. Now when you're up against the big boys, you need to do everything right, and look, she's doing it at the moment. All right, moving across to the binary, Funstar versus Probabil. Now, how big a start will Probabil be giving Funstar in the run? Oh, I'm saying today it'll only be a couple of lengths. I don't think there'll be a great difference. Funstar, they'll be positive from Barrier 8. Without being in a leading spot like last time out, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, although there is only one leader here in Shout the Bar, my two that I've mapped forward, you can get the maps from racingnsw.com.au and click on the Rose Hill meeting, you'll see the speed map icon. The two that I have got going forward aren't guaranteed to be there. Strange Charm drawn 12 and Asiago drawn 13. Strange Charm was a change of tactics at Kemba last time, went back, wasn't a factor, led all the way before that. Asiago drew soft last time, was able to get a smother away midfield. If neither of those do go forward, which I I'll be very surprised if they don't, there is a position there for Funstar to sit right up on the speed. But I'm thinking in an ideal world, they want Funstar with a little bit of cover running fourth, fifth. In regards to Probabil, I think probably two lengths further back, two and a half lengths back with three, four horses behind Probabil today. Okay, and I, I do know that you've got subpoenaed settling midfield. I think a lot of pundits that have a bit of a... has pegged it probably unfairly uh, to some degree as a, as a back marker, uh, but that's just been a victim of a couple of bad draws. That's more down to barriers, definitely. So both the the, Waller, the other Waller runners, which probably the majority of people have forgotten about in Nudge and subpoenaed, they've drawn one and five. There's no reason for them to get as far back as what we've seen so far in this uh, preparation. Uh, especially for subpoena. Go back to the Edward Manifold. Uh, she did get trapped wide there when started a, a, a very well-fancied $3.20 chance. That was a mile race around Flemington and settled in an off-pace position. So she has got some tactical speed. It's just been the fact through 12 of 13, two starts back, and 14 or 15 down at Kembla last time has meant that she's had to give away gigantic starts, and that won't be the case here. So... It makes it a very interesting race, especially with getting to 2,000 metres for the first time in most instances. All right. Now we've got the the Emancipation. Sweet Deal uh, is the early favourite. It's a really interesting race for her because she's, of course, been a month between runs. Uh, she's not at her best on wet tracks. Uh, is there a chance that they'd be inclined to, to take a sit here, given she missed the, the Coolmore there, given there's a little query at the end of this race? I don't think you can take a sit here. I think from barrier two, you need to utilise that barrier, at least show a fair bit of intent early uh, and hope that maybe a few to the outside who are going to put pressure on might say, well, there's Nash. He, he stamped himself as the leader here. Let's just sit back and yeah. um, rather than get into any speed battle. Positive piece will get right up outside the lead, without a doubt. Uh, Invincible Gem can land right on speed from a good draw. Uh, showed the other day in the Coolmore that possibility. Uh, sweet scandal I thought might go forward here today. Drawn out in 10 but change of tactics last time. I think there's a big 
bunch of them that are going to get back in this race. Like Delectation Girl, Miss Fabulous, Ocean X, Putakawa. I thought they might chance the arm and be positive here on Sweet Scandal, which probably leads us to the other horse that you want to discuss. Yes, exactly right. So there's a few Chris Waller horses inside uh, there that might be a little bit closer than normal. Unforgotten and Girl Tuesday. Unforgotten is probably the one that uh, if people haven't uh, watched the trials of Unforgotten this time, it'll say, what has he done mapping this up, running uh, one, two, three, four, fifth? Unforgotten looks a completely different mare this time in on the two trials that I've seen. Uh, got a good mid-draw, uh, got Amangary drawn to the inside, which can just work straight across, get the back of her. I wouldn't imagine uh, Unforgotten's much worse than midfield and as I said I've mapped Ford of midfield here. Okay and the other one to touch on is Amangiri. He's a she's a speed horse too. She seems to do her best when she's let stride and I did note that Tommy Berry said in the media throughout the week that he'll be doing his best to try and get to the front if he can so I guess that adds a, an extra layer of speed potentially. It does. I think um, probably being first up Amangiri if, if it was mine I'd be happy to let Sweet Deal and Positive Peace go and not get caught up in any speed battles. Uh, I don't know if that's your real plan of attack first up on a, especially on a testing track to get caught up in any sort of battle early, but that's why uh, Tommy's paid the big money, so that's another, as you say, another layer to the race. Yeah, at the moment, as we record this, we're at a soft seven, but hopefully we get back to a a six uh, come there tomorrow. Well, it's a fine day today, so you'd, you'd imagine we'll be heading back in that direction at least. All right, and the last race on the card is the Doncaster Prelude. Uh, interesting little race here. Cascadian, unfortunately, has drawn a horrible gate here. It's finally found a, a very suitable race, so I imagine they just take their medicine. Horrible gate to some. I'd say it's quite okay, Barrier 14, here off a fast tempo. Okay. I, I wouldn't want Cascadian drawn down in two or three or four in a field like this. I think drawing out in 14 is going to be much more advantageous. There looks to be an abundance of speed here. Uh, something fast goes forward. Galileo chopped fresh. Cube has got to work across. I expect I am Superman to be very positive today after being a change of tactics last start before being slow away. And, of course, we saw Desert Lord really fire up and run along at Newcastle. So I don't think Barrier 14 is a key negative here. I wouldn't let that put anyone off. Okay, and especially if the track does tend to to favour those coming down the guts late in the day. Absolutely, and I think the other key factor you've got to look at is the rider engagement of James McDonald for Cascadian fans. We saw what James did here uh, a couple of weeks ago, and... uh, yeah, there's definitely a thing with these Kiwis and uh, soft tracks. They seem to be able to get, either find the best spot or get the best out of their mounts. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, they continually get good results on rain-affected tracks in my time. You've got Star of the Seas map just worse than midfield. Was there any temptation, given that Nashville Willow rides, to, to push him forward a pair or two? Look, there, there probably was, given that resumed at 1100 and was able to stay intact with them there from a good draw. This is a slightly tricky draw. I thought midfield would probably be close enough uh, without having to do too much on Star of the Seas early, especially given there's a fast tempo here uh, in this race. So there'll be plenty pushing forward, and I think we probably would expect to see the more conservative side of Nastra Willa here. Okay, and the last one I'll ask you about is Dealmaker. He seems to fit that that mould of a Chris Waller horse that is ridden where they're drawn uh, and he's drawn a soft gate so you can see him just posing up in behind that speed I believe so did draw okay in the new market up at uh, Newcastle last time out drew four and got a mile back but if we go back to uh, Randwick on sort of the 5th of October last year over a mile 
uh, from a good draw, was able to settle midfield and settled a little bit closer than that in the spring mile, when, of course, going down just a, a very narrow margin to Cascadian on that occasion. I'm pretty sure they can use the draw here to be just behind the speed from Barrier 4. All right, perfectly. Fingers crossed I'll be talking to you next week ahead of the championships. Absolutely. We'll keep on punching.